Hey everybody, welcome back to Playlist with People. This is your host Ruben as always. Today I'm joined by a Phoenix fellow comedian and musician. I'm here with Chris Banks today. Hi, how we doing? <laughs> Chris is on the podcast everybody. He lives in a beautiful, this isn't a visual, this isn't a visual podcast, this is audio, but he's in a gorgeous cabin right now uh, with a beautiful leather jacket on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And my, my dad's beautiful leather jacket. I'm going to try to take it home with me, though. I'll see if I can sneak it out. <laughs> I love trying to, like, grab that one item that, like, belongs to your like, – like, yeah. you wear it all week and just hope he'll say, like, it's yours. Yeah, but, my like, mom's starting to do that. She's like, hey, Chris, do you have your jacket? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I have my jacket. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, Chris, man, so, we're, so me and Chris are going to be on a, on a show together, a comedy show coming up on uh, December 16th. I'm excited for that. Um, how, how long have you been doing comedy? What, what, let me tell, let me hear your comedy story, Chris. Um, I've been doing comedy not too long. I started um, June sixth of two thousand nineteen, so my year was like right when the pandemic was like kicking off, which was different. But um, me and Devonte were doing the whole Zoom thing. Um, this is going to be a disaster. So we kind of we kind of kept our wits about us because we were doing that. But, uh, yeah, man, I haven't been doing it too long. I've been wanting to do it since I was 18, for sure. Yeah, man, I feel that. How, how old are you? Um, distance then. Oh, sorry, you cut out a little bit there. Um, yeah, sorry, the internet connection here is a little weird. <laughs> it's all good, man, we'll have that. Um, but how old are you now? I'm 26, yeah. Okay. I didn't think about that for a second. You're good, man. Yeah, yeah, I have the same kind of thing where I wanted to start young, and then I started like way later into life. I just like, I don't know if it's because I was dabbling in other things or I just, yeah. I never got around to trying it really. Right. Never, so it, when did you, when did you start? I started a couple of years ago. Um, it's maybe it's coming up on like three years now. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I'm like 30, I'm about to be 33 in December. So I started oh, yeah. when I was like 30. <laughs> right on. Um, so that like, so that like that uh, quarter life crisis, that's what it was like for me. I got dumped and I was like, I got, I got some jokes. <laughs> yeah. I got to go express myself. Yeah. Right. And then and you're also a musician. Uh, was music first or music, music for would, a long time, right? So yeah, I wanted to do comedy first and then I was like writing raps all the time. And then I quickly realized after graduating that I was not going to be a rapper and uh, don't have the rhythm for it <laughs> and uh, or anything. Uh, but I I was uh, walking down the hallway. I used to hang out at my friend's house all the time. And they were like this whole musical family. And I was just an observer. And uh, I love music. I've always loved music. And um, I was singing a song by the XX in the hallway. And his sister, uh, my friend Amelia, was like, hey, your, your voice isn't bad. Uh, we should sing. And we started jamming. And then that led to me picking up an old guitar that I had and just going for it, man. And, and yeah, so the music thing just took a lot longer to come into fruition. Cause I started doing that when I was 19 and I went from, yeah, not knowing how to do it at all to like some slight production work. And then I did a sound, I, I went to school out here in, or out in Phoenix for sound engineering and that was kind of like my foot in the door, so to say, like that was my way to hang out with musicians and get in the room with them. And then I gave up on that to just 
sit in my room and play guitar. I deleted all this little songs that I'd made on SoundCloud and was like, because I would write these songs on my laptop and it was cool. I made cool songs, but there was an issue um, there with the fact that I couldn't play them. You know, I couldn't sit down. If it were me and you in a room, I would have to hit play on my laptop. I couldn't just sit down and play the songs. So I just uh, dedicated the last like two and a half years, I would say, where I was just strictly focused on that. And now I'm at the point where, yeah, I'm about to do my first show tomorrow, my first time ever playing music. Uh, so today is the 27th. It'll be the 28th when I do it. I'll be back in Phoenix tomorrow. And I'm, I'm really excited, man. It's going to be cool. That is awesome, man. Where, and uh, so it's, it's like a, a stage shyness, I guess, which kept you from playing your songs in front of people? It was just I have a I have a very particular vision of how I've always wanted to do this, and um, I never saw myself standing there with a microphone. Like guitar is my expression, like, and I do sing, but I, more more so than anything, I like just playing guitar. And so, it wasn't so much a shyness; it's just me knowing that I was not ready. And also, when I when I moved out to Phoenix, man, I don't know. Do you play music? Uh, I've been in a couple of bands and stuff. I don't play anything. I just was singing bands okay, because cool. I wanted to be in bands, and I like never knew how to play anything. So I was like, I'll be yeah. the I'll be the vocalist. Yeah, dude. I wish I had that like gusto where I would just be like, Hey, you play guitar, you do bass, <laughs> I'll sing. But I just I never had the confidence to do that. But when I moved out to Phoenix, it was 2014, and at that time it was very much um, this DIY thing where it's like post Tame Impala, like you have to come up with everything yourself. You're doing the drums, the guitar, the bass. And I just, for me personally, um, you, oh shit, sorry. Music was uh, always, I always wanted music to be a collaborative effort where like, I'm jamming with other people and we are coming up with something together. I might have the idea to start, but I don't want, I don't want to have soul control over it. I want it to be this, like this living thing that breathes between people. And so that was a problem too. And that's really why I did the sound engineering thing was to kind of see how bands work. And I don't, I just wasn't ready uh, skill wise. And now I'm at the point where, where, I can go and sit and play the songs on guitar, but I will be when I record them, like bringing in other people and like fleshing out the songs. So what I'm going to be playing tomorrow is going to be a very stripped down version of what my vision is. But yeah, it's, it's for me, like a, like a collaborative thing. It's gotta be. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's a, uh, it sounds like you, you're very like thought out with it and you just, yeah, you want to perform when it, when it feels right, when it feels ready. Um, I'm sure stand up too, man, has like given you some sort of like extra, yeah. I don't know, stage presence to like be there, be vulnerable with a microphone without the guitar. So now when you have the guitar, it's almost like, oh, good, I have my, I don't want to call it safety net again, but you have something like, because that was the thing about stand up is when I first went on stage, I'd been in bands before stand up. And so I think like the stage fright part of that, like kind of went away from being in bands because yeah. I, got, I got into bands because my friends like needed a person. And I was, mm -hmm. and I was like, I would like go to all their shows and I'd be like, I know you guys songs. I'll just be the guy. And so yeah. I like joined, joined their band and like, it was nerve wracking cause I had never been on stage. And so I like yeah. did the thing, 
but with comedy it was it's a different beast where i was like i got up there and that immediate feeling of like i don't have there i'm literally just talking like there's yeah. no i don't i'm not speaking in a rhythm i don't have a poem like this is just <laughs> me talking it is an awkward right. feeling uh so i'm sure like just doing stand-up is i'm sure has probably helped with your with your you know being on stage musically too yeah no i'm super excited and like like i think definitely if i were to do music first it would have been like so scary but having done stand-up and just so you said being vulnerable like on stage and just it's just you and that microphone like and you know i'm sure you have because i have and everyone else has bombed and once you've once you've ate shit on stage like for me it's like dude the worst that i can do is like hit a wrong note but still like there's there's something about comedy where where half the crowd is sitting there being like i could do this but with guitar it's like there is a uh like a a given that they understand that you taken the time to actually practice and work on this whereas like comedy it's the same thing like we work on our jokes and stuff but it is part of the reason I did comedy first too, is because it's that easy, if you will. Like it's just the entry level. You write yeah. down some jokes. It just takes more balls, I think, to to do stand up. Yeah, and I think that I people know. can look at a musician and they can they can go. They might be able to say, "I can do that," but they 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 can go. He plays in a certain rhythm. He sings in a certain way. His lyrics are the certain way. It's easier to distinguish with music the differences in your creativity and their creativity. Whereas right. comedy, like even though there are nuances and different ways we approach jokes and even different styles of comedy, people just look at it like, oh, he's just saying funny things when, yeah. there, when there's more that goes into it. Yeah, but comedy's easier to pick apart and be like, I could easily stand up there and just say some shit. Yeah. But, but music is definitely clear. It's more clear that it's like, oh yeah, his voice is different than mine. His, his guitar playing style is different. There's so many different things in music that people can look at you and they might be able to do music, but they might not be able to do it in your way it's way more clear yeah dude it's it's very interesting the way an audience perceives like both mediums because they all they can be looked at hand in hand but it's giving me internet problems again you're good man yeah i hear you we're here all right cool i gotta say to you man it looks like if you were to walk on stage with a guitar and start performing like i don't you look like a musician like you, you look like you know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you have, you have the image yeah. of a guy who like plays guitar and sings. So like, I would never well, have been surprised you. by that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I feel like, um, I don't know. I've, I, I've tried hard to, I used to have like long ass hair, man. And I, and I wish that I still did kind <laughs> of, I wish that I was good. Like my hair was not deserving of how shitty I was at guitar. You know what I mean? Like my hair was like, damn, this dude probably rips, but I was not that good, you know? But yeah, no, I, hopefully the look, anything helps, you know? So I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, man. I, um, yeah. you said you were, you used to rap. I, I also used to rap. Um, so I related to you on that. Like, and I totally get it, man. I, I love rapping. I love hip hop. And I like, I would write my lyrics and I'd record my songs. And I was like, and I really tried like rapping and I have a few songs recorded, but like, it is like an, it, I realize like it's a full attitude thing. Like you have to truly believe, like you have to be rapping oh, like yeah. like you're the best, like you're the hottest shit. And, yeah. I, and I, I don't have that level of like of overconfidence where I like I'm like yeah. there, there's lots of great rappers. I'm sure we, we'll all do a good job. Like I'm not so 
I'm not so like I'm the best there ever was, and my body's the best. Just I try to be like goddamn. Yeah, uh, I just I. It was it was tough for me to realize that too. To be like, okay, like these these raps I'm writing are are not are not that great. I I, I don't know it. I now even now I'm I still like I still will do it. Like I'm at the point now where if there's a song I'm writing and I feel like there's should be a rap part, then I will I will get somebody to do that. That is more. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Well, especially because like if you're if you're like mid song and you're singing and then you go into a rap, I don't feel like that's a good. I don't feel like that's a good. <laughs> no, especially with an acoustic guitar, dude. Nobody wants yeah. to hear a white dude with an acoustic guitar rap. Starts like, doing bars. Yeah, no. I'm just. I I know. I know. I have now that I'm older. I have. I'm glad that I waited this long because I do have a self awareness now that I definitely didn't have when I was like 22 years old. When I was 22, I thought I was the shit, and now I've I've been humbled many times over, and now I really just want to play my songs. I'm confident in my songs. Um, I like my songs, but there is yeah, there's there's a uh, a reality to it now that I don't think I had when I was younger. I thought I was Jim Morrison when I was when I was like 21, you know. Yeah, man, we were all emulating at that age. I was the same way, and I. I, that's why I am glad I started stand up when I was thirty because I have like a little more like life perspective and I think the way I, the way that I view life and the way that my mind works and the way that I feel about myself right now is like better than I ever have like right. as far as like not confidence wise but like the, like the way that I I know who I am as a person better yeah. than I ever have and so right. I think that's a good perspective to have in comedy sometimes you know like oh definitely and experience is like half of the half of the battle with comedy it's like i've seen i mean even myself included i feel like i won't be good at comedy for at least five years like just because i can tell there's certain jokes i want to write but i haven't had enough perspective or knowledge to even tackle a certain subject like i try to write jokes that are strictly about me right now because great idea of the way the world works i have a better idea but like still it's i i I know that i need more for sure man yeah i definitely have like subjects in comedy too that i want to tackle but yeah i've decided that like i'm not going to get to that until i like really really think of something that's like killer because anyone can like watch like a dave Chappelle special and be like oh man the way he tackles these like heavy issues is like right. so cool. I'm gonna do that at, the, my, at my open mic, and then you just like say yeah. some shit, and then the crowd just like groans, and you're just like, oh, I just lost him, and like, yeah, yeah, we're, that, we're not all profits it, yet, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. And Dave Chappelle is literally a a philosopher, like he is, and and he makes it he makes it look easy, like anybody can do it the way he nonchalantly just goes about it. But he is, yeah. It's it's weird how comedy is like that. How we can all like. It's, it's the same thing we were talking about earlier, how you're sitting in the audience. Like when I started doing comedy, uh, people, it was one of two reactions. It was either, oh my God, how do you do that? Or, oh my God, you do that? I could do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really weird. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's, I always tell people too, if they say something, I'm always like, come to the mic, just sign up. Just, just let's do it. 
Yeah. I've, I, I always, I've, had, I've had like a few friends like try comedy and they've like tried it and they were like, oh man. And they're like, I'm just going to go up there. I'm just going to like riff. I don't have anything written yeah. down. I'm just going to talk some shit. And they're like, okay. And they get up there and they just like, <laughs> just like, like, they, they, city. yeah. And I'm just like, there you go. See? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of rewarding seeing that. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And then, they, then they come to more of your shows and they're like, okay. Yeah. I, I, I like what you do. Right. Yeah, man, people like Dave Chappelle who've been doing it since he was 18 and now he's like, what, his 50s or something or late 40s? Like, yeah. That's 30 years of experience. And you know what I mean? I, it's, that's what's cool about comedy. It's something you always chip away at. You can always work at, always yeah. get better at. Same with music, you know? So Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's very cool, man. So, uh, yeah, the, for those that don't know, Chris is uh, chilling in the woods right now at a cabin up with his family. That's, that's pretty great. Has your family heard you play music or do comedy or anything like that? Or um they uh they've not seen me on a stage my i'm the only one who lives in phoenix uh i'm originally from houston and uh they just moved a little over a year ago this is the first time i've seen them in a year and a half so it's been it's been nice um it's cool because you know they tell tell me stories about where they're living at and stuff and and i have no idea like how to picture it in my head so it's mm -hmm. nice but i have I got to the other day I got to um, my my sister had a baby a little over a year ago. Her birthday was uh, the third of November. And so we all sat in a circle. I got my dad one of those. Uh, those box. When he was younger and I got him a box drum for Christmas a few years ago so that we could jam together. And uh, so we all sat in like a like this weird kind of circle and I played my songs and Hadley, the, my niece, was like dancing, clapping after the songs were played. <laughs> she loves music. I'm definitely and she's a little country girl. Uh, my my sister and my brother-in-law are both like uh, rednecks, if you will. And yeah. uh, so I, I want I want to teach her guitar like she, you can already tell that she just loves music and uh it's it's really cool to see and it's an amazing thing to be able to share with them i know they're a little older and um i know that they they actually watched one of my zoom shows so they did they have seen me do comedy and they i think if i were anyone else they would hate my comedy but because <laughs> they know me and they know who i am they they get the jokes and and so they, I heard them laughing when, when I did, when I did my little thing, they're really, they're really supportive. It, it took a while for them to realize that I'm not going to be taking the traditional route and that kind of concerned them because they both went to college and did the whole nuclear family thing. But um, yeah, uh, they're really supportive uh, and it's, it's cool to have, have that support system because i know a lot of a lot of friends who are artists who kind of they don't care they wish i didn't care what my parents thought and i could just do it you know but i do and so it took a long time for me to get comfortable enough to even tell them that this is what i want to do you know so yeah but it that's very cool to have the support of your family yeah and then come from a musical family too that's a pretty cool like bonus point for you too um it is it is cool and it, yeah there is a weird thing i think with like 
creative people where we don't want to like let our families down or don't like let them know what we want to do because it's it's scary to i think even say it out loud to ourselves sometimes to be like i want to follow this dream because it just doesn't seem real it doesn't seem like something that's realistic Um, it's it's hard to believe in ourselves honestly sometimes totally so it's hard it's hard hard to even say it out loud like this is what i'm gonna do yeah Um, and i was talking to my girlfriend the other day and luckily you know she's a creative person too so she totally gets it and we're both trying to like find our way um but i was telling her like man when i have kids like one of the main things i want to teach my kid or like or just impart upon my child is like is like what are you into um and then once you find find out what you're into fucking go for it and like yeah I, like like as young as you can like you know when you're 15 right. years old fucking go do that thing and like go fully in and i want to be that parent that just like supports them and like because like once you're older and you have bills to pay it's harder and harder to oh, yeah. to, to you know live this like free life so i'm like if you want to do something like fucking put your feet into it and do it, do it, do it. Right. I wish I started earlier. I, I just, when I was growing up, I just played sports. My dad got me on baseball when I was young. I played baseball for like the first decade of my life and then played football. And then I was kind of like a high school musical story. Like I senior year, I'm poised to be varsity quarterback and I quit football to do theater and broadcast journalism and photojournalism. And so half of the school fucking hated me, but (laughs) I knew that's like, that this is going to be like, I'm not going to play in the NFL. Like I, I understood that. And I understood that I wanted to do something in the arts. And so I just, any art class I could take, I did. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, uh, it was a weird transition um, because I definitely didn't want to let my friends down, but at the same time, I really knew what I wanted to do. And so, and it, my coach told me, he goes, part of the reason this motivates me every day. He's, he, he was sitting across from me at my house on the couch and he was like, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. And I still haven't. So, Coach Grejo, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Grejo. Yeah. (laughs) That's like, yeah, that's crazy, man. That is like a Zac Efron, like, high school musical, like, type of story. Like, you're rebelling against, like, what what everyone expects you to do. Yeah. And then I jumped on the couch, and I was like, you'll never understand. (laughs) (laughs) Some kids come out of the back, they're just, like, snapping. Yeah, (laughs) just fucking jazz hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They, like, catch you, you fall backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And and then take me to a stage. (laughs) <laughs> he's no, like you'll regret this your whole life like you, you'll never be a football coach like me yeah right I, you're never gonna be teaching uh fucking economics to to fucking stoners you know yeah, it's like how are your dreams going coach right that's always wonder about teachers and, and coaches like you didn't dream this yeah oh <laughs> right yeah like you you settled <laughs> but no nah, he was a good guy though yeah man yeah, yeah shout out to him actually we're, we're being we're being harsh yeah. <laughs> I know he's an avid listener of this podcast, so <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna send him the link. Yeah, how do you do it? I um, that's cool, man. Yeah, so um, yeah, man, pursue your dreams, everyone. Like you should. I, I think uh, the to me, what I realized something I realized is like uh, you know, I get older and we think about like life, life, like you said, uh, midlife crisis, like life crisis type of shit, where you're just like, where is this all going? What does this all mean? Right. And and I think I think I've come to it with some peaceful place in my mind where I realize like. You know, there, there, there is a chance that we, that we never make it, quote unquote, make it to where we're yeah. trying to get to. But I think that uh, 
a good life to me is like the pursuit of something, you know, like if yeah. you're trying to do something or if, you, if you're actively in something like stand up is something that I, I truly feel like I can do until I'm old and gray and like I can never be like a mainstream stand up or whatever. But like yeah. as long as I'm pursuing it and as long as I'm doing something that gives me uh, fulfillment, rewards me, makes me feel validation. Like that's what it's all about is like I need a creative outlet in my life. I'm that kind of person. Definitely. Like, if I just have like a nine to five and I come home and I just like watch Netflix yeah. and go to bed to me, that's like, I, I don't feel right in that existence. Like I always have to have I can't. an hour. Yeah. I, I get that a hundred percent, man. And yeah, it's just also, I, it took me a long time to get over uh, the fact that I felt like I wasted so much time and that there isn't a timetable for success in any wake of life. You know, there are people Rodney Dangerfield, man, he's, he became a comic when he was like 55, 60, 50, something like that, you know? So it's just, it's just a matter of, of where you're at in your life. And like, just, I don't know, just keeping at it. And, and I think that life will reward hard work, you know? And and there there is a uh like i've seen i won't name names but you see comics and there you you feel like all right there's some sort of delusion going on here but i think that's in any realm where i don't know i, I don't i don't i don't want to get negative but um there are like the thing with me rapping i realized i'm not going to be a rapper you know <laughs> i realized i'm not going to be a football player um, and I think that it's kind of what speaks to you, uh, you'll know kind of a thing. And, and that's, that's with me. Like, I'm not trying to produce, I'm not trying to engineer. I'm just, I know that it's me and my guitar and I know that with stand up, it's me and a microphone like that. I figured that out. And so I'm happy about that. I also do some sketch stuff too. I like acting and stuff, but um, those are my outlets, you know, and I, and I've understood that, but it took me a long time to get over the, the anxiety of like, oh my God, I wasted so much time. I need to, I need to be successful by tw I'm 25. I need to be successful by the time I'm 30. I, the weight that was lifted off my shoulders once I came to that conclusion was, it, it made a huge difference. Dude, that's a major, major key. And that, that's like, uh, I think that you're already setting yourself up for success because like that is, that, that is one of the hardest things to get over, I think, in our life. It's like you, yeah, and me and my, that, wait, there's a weird thing going on in my age group, like when we were 30, like there's like all, a lot of my friends have this like, this like looming kind of feeling of like, like depression and anxiety because 30 is such like a huge critical age in a way. And like we're all like, I have so many creative friends and I feel like for so long, so many of us were kind of like wallowing because like when you're young, you have all these dreams about what you want to do. And then the older you get, the more like it doesn't start to pan out, the more you yeah. kind of like start to give up on things that you, that you once loved because yeah. it's not bringing you anything. But then you also have to be self-aware and be like, well, what have I done to make this happen? And, yeah. and, and mo the answer most likely is nothing. We've played video games, yeah. we hung out, and we didn't really do anything to make those dreams happen. But like you said, you can't also sit there and just go, well, I wasted all these years, so I'll never be anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can waste 10 years, 
realizing that you wasted 10 years and then it becomes right. 20 years you wasted you know what i mean like yeah for so long you can just beat yourself up and not and the most important thing is just to like move forward and take it a day at a time and step forward and yeah like you said to realize i think that like there is like some sort of like delusion and maybe that's how people have to like they have to tell themselves certain things in order to do things but there is a realistic approach that i try to take i think you take it as well where it's like every like i look at this like the long game this is like whatever you want to do in life it's going to take a minute you know what i mean like yeah every band you've ever liked every comedian you've ever seen on tv they've all had a long career they've all had a long uh, time that they were that they were in obscurity and it's like you right. have to go through those years and realize that it's going to take those years you know what i mean to to get you what you want to do yeah. i think it's just persistence is like the hardest thing to learn sometimes definitely definitely and it, it it shows if you just grind and like keep like my goal too my goal like after my year i i set simple goals for myself i don't try to i don't try to set myself up for failure like my goals this year were was perform get booked and perform at a club and i got booked and i'm about to perform at a club so i'm knocking that out already and then i'm just going to keep on going and then at my next year you know i'll try to set another goal like maybe do a, a feature spot or something like that who knows but i'll know when i get there i wrote down like i got all this advice when you start doing comedy everyone wants to give you advice yeah and i had to write down i have this little comedy wall at my apartment where i put up like little milestones and little notes and i have one that goes um don't keep writing, like keep writing. Cause people kept saying, do find your five minutes set, do your five minutes and just do, just keep doing that. But all I wanted to do was write. I didn't feel like these jokes warranted a five minute set. I was just trying shit out. And I still feel like that, honestly, like, um, and I know that I will need to hone it in, but I still feel like I'm finding my voice and I'm not there yet. And I had to write down on my wall, You'll know when you have five minutes, you'll know when you have an hour, you know, yeah. like don't listen to anybody but yourself. Like, you know, when you're getting sound comedy advice because they're not telling you what to do. They're like showing you possibilities. You know right. what I mean? Or they're like asking you about yourself and what you think or what you want out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's weird. Like I definitely heard comments with that mindset and it's like, I just, like you said, it's something that you constantly get better at. So if you lock in on a five minutes, that, that five minutes might be good for what it is. But if you don't, if you just do that five minutes for the next three, four, five months, you're like stunting your own growth in a way because you're just keeping yourself at that level of, of, of talent of, of that five minutes. Like if you yeah. keep trying new shit and yeah. keep trying out different stuff, I think it just keeps you looser on stage. Um, for a while, like what I was doing is I was almost like trying to do pretty much a new five minutes like every week i was trying to like try to like just like yeah. re just do everything i could do and like get all my ideas out there and, I, and that that kind of helped me out a lot and it honed me in to like where i have like a, a few different five minute sets now and i have like right. a few different and like this subject over here will link back to like a subject from this yeah. topic and then like that and i'm like oh I, I can see everything starting to piece together into like a stand-up right. set so like yeah. i think that like a, having like a huge arsenal of things to talk about is very helpful and i think that having like one five minutes is stressful and it doesn't sound, it's kind it doesn't of sound like, like great advice it's kind of like building a puzzle but some of the pieces are to another puzzle yeah and they're not they're not meant for you and it's like 
you you start to realize like like there most of the jokes I've wrote are shit, but there are some diamonds in the rough, and those have withstood the year or so that I've been doing it. But I wouldn't have gotten there without writing a lot, and I totally don't want to act like the way that I do it is the right way at all. It's just the way that works for me is is by doing is by writing a lot, and I want to get to the point where I because I know there's a lot of merit to doing the same jokes over because ideally you want it to be different every time and you want it to keep growing like you want the joke to evolve like I I just did a set at um uh Peter Jordan's mic over there at uh Chestnut and I was like bombing for the first half of my set and then I, I won him over with a punchline that I added on the spot out of pure desperation, doing it for a minute. But it was like, like so I, I, I know that there is merit to doing the same joke over, but it, I wanted to do that joke again, you know? Like, I felt yeah. comfortable doing it again. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's all, everyone's process is different, you know? And it's, but it's, as, as a comic, I love hearing people's process. Like, I love yeah. hearing how everyone does it you know me too because at the end of the day it is all correct as well like yeah. whatever your process is that's what your process is and like the result will show itself and and your comedy just becomes what you how you make it how you hone it in yeah yeah and that is the cool part about comedy is that was like those pressure moments when you're like you can either yeah when you're when you're kind of digging yourself out of a hole and it works like that that yeah. reward is so such oh, a good dude. feeling yeah, it doesn't like it didn't matter how I started. Like I remember how I started, and it didn't feel great. But I remember the last thing I said got a <laughs> laugh, and I was like, okay, like that's digging yourself out of that hole. Because I don't know. Like I heard, I think it was who was it? I think I heard uh, maybe a little snippet of Bubba and Zach Lyman. I know you just had Zach on your mm-hmm. podcast, yeah. but I think I heard a little snippet. Shout outs to both of them. They're both awesome comics. Um, but I heard a little snippet. I think Bubba said something like, uh, like getting lost in the bomb or something like that. And just, and, and I've been there before where you just, you just succumb to the bomb. And that's part of stand up is, is when you come out of that, it's like, it's like, damn, like I, I did bomb, but like it didn't end bad. Like, you know, and that's, it, that feels almost better than just having a good set. Like winning over a crowd that doesn't like you feels pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, dude. I, I there was a comic guy and I wish I could give him credit, uh, but there was a comic that I heard say something on a podcast once. And he said um, that the, you're only as good as like the crowd remembers you like, like as you're walking off, like how, however the crowd feels about you when you're leaving the stage, that's how yeah. your set went. Like yeah. if you, you, you could have bombed your whole set, but if they love you at the end, then, then you won them over, like you said, and then, and then they're going to be patting you on the back and saying, Hey man, you're hilarious. You know, it's like, yeah, it, it is like the, the whole five minutes is like a journey or the 10 minutes or whatever oh, you have. Totally. It, it's an adventure with the crowd. And, and there are parts where you're going to lose them. There's parts where you're going to, you're going to have them. And then they, then you, they let you go or they're distracted or like, it's, it's such a cool, weird relationship we have with the audience. And it's like, that's again, why stand up is exciting. It's that ebb and flow it's like the, the how you can engage with them. Um, one thing that I like, uh, yeah, it's so crazy. I learned like little techniques over the time that like that now I do, like the way that I talk with the crowd. I used to like rehearse my set. I used to go up there and I used to just be like, I'm going to say my jokes to 
this wall you know what i'm saying like I, i'm yeah. not gonna like look at the crowd because they might throw me off some of my heckle someone right. might be talking and it bones me out or someone might have yeah. their back turned like i'm not gonna so i used to just like kind of like blank out on stage and like say my jokes yeah but like you know the more yeah. confident you get on stage now i'm able to like look people in the eyes and like engage with people and make yeah. it feel more like a conversation and, and that's become what, what when i've had better sets is when it's like it feels kind of interactive to them or like i'll even like ask questions to the crowd but i won't like leave room for a response i'll yeah. just be like do you guys know how like this or this and then yeah. i'll just like keep saying what i'm saying yeah instead of just like like do yeah. you actually, I'm not going to let someone respond. You're going to do the joke regardless of whether or not they have, you know? Exactly. Like I heard Ari Shafir say that uh, advice to Bobby Lee. He was like, he was like, yeah, don't, don't ask if they've seen the new star Wars movie and then wait for them to say yes or no. Just <laughs> ask them and then do your joke. Cause you're going to do it anyway. And I, I've always remembered that um, little, little tidbit. And I've tried to do that. It, it's yeah. I did a, for the first time I did a joke, I added this bit in where I asked a crowd member, like, just to see if I could do it. Like, have you did like a call and response type thing? And um, yeah, it was, it was weird. It didn't really add anything to the set, but just doing that, like made me feel comfortable, like maybe going forward. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all, it's, it's funny how slow the process is but after three months or so like you get you get more comfortable and that's the like my goal is like the way we're talking right now at comfortable on stage and i still do the i still do the whole um like talking to a wall thing and i am getting more loose but i know my goal is to get to a point where i am just talking to the crowd and and i'm yeah. just channeling the funny i'm trying to make them laugh you know yeah definitely and it, yeah it, it, i think it's just more time on stage more more reps as they as they call it you know for sure mm -hmm. i finally feel that i feel that way on stage like i feel I, I still get nervous and shit but i definitely when i'm up there i kind of do just talk talk like i'm talking um and i think it's just you know the, the journey of finding your own voice and the journey of like not being afraid to bomb i guess or like being comfortable in that space of quietness like not yeah. needing the laugh to keep moving on. Um, right. It's, it's a lot of things we learn, man, but stand up is crazy. And yeah, it, it grows and it changes and we get better and better and it's exciting, man. Right. I'm excited to do that show on the 16th, the house of comedy. I know, man. Ready or not guys, if uh, you guys can make it out of house of comedy. Yeah. Me and Ruben are going to be doing that ready or not. And that's, that's an interesting show model. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Fun. It's kind of like a halfway tap out mic thing. Whoa, shit, a bug just flew out my face. I was just going to say, dude. I'm in the mountains right now. Fucking giant moth. <laughs> the other night, dude, I, uh, I, it was pretty late, like 3 in the morning, and I had woken up, and I was like, all right, I'm going to go have a cigarette. And I opened the, the, the do patio door, and I open it, and I look to my left, and there's just this fat-ass rat just sitting right what? there. And we both, we both scared each other. Like, we both took off, you know. I was just like, oh, my God. That, he's, the, on, the, he's like on the patio yeah these mountains are wild i was like oh <laughs> sir i didn't know you're out here I, I'll, I'll wait <laughs> i was gonna say dude if like a bear comes up on you or a deer or something man i got this thing recorded so like we're we're, we're good man i got you covered I'll, I'll let you know something walks up behind you you know what i mean like <laughs> you can sell this to like netflix and we can make a documentary about it like yeah you can like, post this on like <laughs> some like blair witch type of thing happens so keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Right. Anyways, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, uh, Just whatever you do, look. Let's get uh, talking about some music.
uh, Chris. Let's, Hell yeah. We're, we're going to be talking about some country music today, dude. And I think it's an interesting topic um, to talk about. I, I haven't always liked country. I think you said that you also were kind of that same person. I think country is one of those genres that's pretty easy for people to like. They people A lot of people make fun of it. A lot of people will say, like, I like every type of music except for country. It's a yeah. common thing people say. Yeah. Um, why do you think that is? Like, what, what's up with I think it's because um, country music, like, I guess I didn't know when I was younger that Johnny Cash was country music because the country music that I grew up on was the drinking beers, eating girls, and I'm sitting on the porch, yeah. And it's like, like, I think country music has always been about easy, simple, digestible lyrics, but it kind of, it went really... I don't know if you can hear that, but there's a bunch of coyotes just going crazy right now. But uh, <laughs> all right, well that's aside. I was just but, camping. I was just camping a few days ago, and we. Those like I don't camp often, so like being in that tent was kind of spooky. Oh, and, camping uh, scares the shit out of me. Dude, but, that's so scary. And I heard coyotes going crazy too. Yeah, but I think that I think that it's def. I the reason I was deterred from country music for so long was just just that same reason, and and even now like most pop country music to me um i really can't stand it and it's and it seems a little dated but like there's some like contemporary country like we were talking about we exchanged some names and then so i i started just as i've grown as an adult i started to just be more open to all types of music pop country everything and there's something for everyone in any genre like, I never associated Johnny Cash with country music, but I've always loved Johnny Cash. And so I guess I kind of just started there. And then once you find out about the whole outlaw movement, there's a lot of, of good, good old country and can and like modern country too. That's a little under the radar, but definitely, um, man. I um yeah, and I think what's country is one of those things that that okay, so a lot of people when they judge music, they judge it based off of what's popular, what's on the radio. And right. then, and I'm very guilty of doing that with country where like, yeah. you know, people that would say there, there's no good hip hop anymore. There's no good punk rock. Any, I'm like, you're like, you guys aren't just aren't looking hard enough because it is yeah. there. And there's great hip hop that's out right now that the young artists are making. That's incredible. Yeah. There's great punk rock music coming out, but it's the people that stopped looking. Um, and, and I was the same way with country. I just like, I, I didn't dive in cause I didn't care to look into it and whatever was on the radio is what I, what I judged country music off of. Um, yeah. But my, my girlfriend showed me a lot of yeah old artists and the old stuff. And for me, it was like, I grew up in like Miami. So it's okay. like country music didn't make sense for where I was living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. So like, it was like, you know, drive down this dirt road and, and this yeah. nostalgia of like an easy life. But I'm like living in this like city full of like Cubans and Latinos. Right. <laughs> it just didn't, it didn't relate to me. Yeah. Um, I always joked around and told my girlfriend that country music makes me think of like the Cracker Barrel waiting music. Like that, that's what I always think <laughs> yeah. about. Like you're waiting for your table yeah. at Cracker Barrel. Um, yeah. But I moved to Arizona and you're driving down the roads and there's cactuses and this beautiful like glowing sunset and there's like an old western town and like Prescott or something. And I'm like, yeah. now she's playing country music and it's making sense and it fits the scenery of totally. Arizona. So I, so I softened my heart to it. And yeah. there's definitely some good stuff out there. And like, like you said, I, I really got like the outlaw country thing. Like that's kind of where I, where I enjoy it. Um, and like you said, there's for in any genre, there's something that anyone can enjoy. Um, and it, it's, it's not, not, it's not okay for me to be like, 
this mu- this whole genre sucks yeah. or this whole you know what it's, i mean like it's all of it because yeah. you don't like garth brooks you know like exactly yeah and as i've gotten older i'm the same way as you i've tried different things that i wouldn't be usually open to and it's just part of getting older you know i've listened to more jazz right. than i've ever listened to like just things like that and um yeah yeah so what we're gonna do is we're gonna make a country playlist of some of the stuff that we think is pretty neat um, okay place is gonna be available on spotify and youtube for everyone listening uh, and whenever you're ready, go ahead with the first song you're going to add to the playlist. Okay. So for the first song, I am going to go, <laughs> this is kind of be going to be kind of contradictory to uh, <laughs> what we were just saying, but it was the first country, the first dumb pop country song that I was like, I like this. <laughs> and uh, it's save a horse, ride a cowboy. <laughs> I, know that uh, song. I don't, I don't even remember. I think it's Trace Atkins who sings that um but that that song i just remember that was like and I'm, my list is going to get better than this but i just <laughs> needed to add that because it's to me like just a silly fun song but also there's a version that's like not good on there so there's there's like two versions there's this like pop remix version that sucks Ooh. and then there's the original version where there's like guitars in it so we're gonna need to try to find that version because yeah. i don't want the other one being on there but yeah my, that's 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 my first one save a horse ride a cowboy <laughs> you know, sometimes it is okay to just let your guard down and just have fun with it and yeah. like you said with music in general and like with anything uh, the older i've gotten the more i've just been like it's okay it's okay to like I'm not so punk rock where I can never just like enjoy something for what yeah. it is, for the simplicity of it. And I think that like country in general always has been reflective of like an easy going time and easy life. And yeah. like that's, that's probably just gotten dumbed down to the point where pop country is like just the good time without any of the, you know what I mean? So like, that's why people maybe judge it. Like you said, when they just think it's just sitting on the porch, drinking a beer, it's like the, you know, the, the message of a good time and an easy living is there. But it's just it's gotten to the point where like sometimes all I think about is just the 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 drinking and the in the the trucks and stuff you know so yeah yeah and it's nice to just that song it's just a fun song to me and like and it is I remember hearing that and being like okay this is poppy and shit but I can't it's undeniably like I like it you (laughs) know like yeah. So that's that's my one cheesy country song. The rest are going to be deeper cuts, but yeah, I needed to start it off with a with at least one shitty one. I want this to be diverse. I'm into it, dude. Got to have the shitty on there too. Um, for my first song, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose. Um, I would choose "Pills I Took" by Hank Williams Three. So this okay. is a song. This is one of the songs that kind of got. So we were on a road trip to California. My girlfriend plays her country music and, she, and she's happy whenever I, like, I, I used to let her. So I, just, I used to complain about it, but then I was like, all right, go ahead. We listened mm-hmm. to some Hank Williams 3 and then I, I caught myself kind of, you know, I was like, all right, this is, I like this. This is kind of good. And, yeah. and, and he's a little more edgy, like Hank Williams 3. He is like, he curses a lot. He talks about just like doing drugs and stuff. And this oh, song yeah. is exactly that. Pills I Took is like, he's just, it's talking about him getting fucked up basically. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah. It's just a, it feels good. It's like, yeah, this is a, it's a good old country song and it's just him talking about like just him being wild and crazy and, and taking some random pills. He doesn't know what they are. And yeah. it's, it's a fun country song and it kind of got me, this one softened my heart. This was part of what got me being more like, okay, I'll, I'll look into this country thing a little more. Right. 
Yeah, no, um, and Hank Williams, man, that's he comes from a long line of of good country singers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I fuck with Hank Williams, and it is funny because you always like, I don't know why, but I didn't associate like country singers with the rock and roll lifestyle. But they almost like, dude. There's if you if you guys haven't seen this and yourself included, I think I mentioned this to you, but there's this. This web series by Mike Judge called Tales from the Tour Bus, and the first season's all about country singers. And in on the fifth episode, Mike Judge is like, oh, and by the way, just like the first four guys on this list, he shot a guy. <laughs> and then that's like his introduction for him. And it's like, yeah, they, they all these old outlaw singers, they were they were uh they were, badass. they were badasses. They really lived that cowboy gunslinger lifestyle, literally. Like, they didn't take shit from anybody. Yeah, I got to still watch that series. I tried, I think I looked it up, but it wasn't, like, available for free anywhere. But I'll find, I'll find yeah. a way to watch it. But but Mike Judge is awesome, man. He's the one that directed, like, Beavis and Butthead and all that stuff. So oh, yeah. He's, it's definitely he's worth a watching. hero right of mine. Comedy hero. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah man. But and also, so Hank Williams three, like a lot of punk kids are into Hank Williams three, and so I'd be at punk shows, and kids would have like Hank Williams shirts on and stuff, and like that, that's one thing that kind of also like led to me, kind of being more open is like I got really into like um folk punk, um and folk punk is super like country and bluegrass inspired, so like okay. it's like punk but with more, like banjos and shit and like washboards, yeah. and it's like okay. so like <laughs> if you listen to that, you kind of have to be more open to country and stuff. So definitely. All right. Well, for my next one, I don't know if you if you know this guy, but he just released this album El Dorado this year. His name is Marcus King, and uh, the song that I'm gonna choose is called Sweet Mariona, M A R I O N A, and uh, it's just a honestly, this whole album, front to back, is. It's to me, it's southern rock. I wouldn't necessarily like put it in a corner of just country, but like as far as southern rock goes, it is my favorite rock I've heard since Alabama Shakes Sound and Color, an album that I adore. Yeah. Um, and it's just he he shreds on the guitar, and all of the songs are you can feel the south in the songs, some are more country than others. But the Sweet Mariona song, it's just the chorus gets stuck in my head. I could really choose any of these songs. I highly implore you and anyone listening to check out this album. But I'm just going to go with that one. It comes about halfway through the album, and it's an easy listen. They got a nice steel guitar on there, and he's got an amazing voice, and he's super talented and somebody that I think every should be on everybody's radar who's a fan of music. He's, he's the shit. And that's Marcus King. He's got a dope name too. Like Marcus yeah. King. He's like, meant to be that, an artist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, I think I've heard the name, but I just haven't heard of him. So I'm excited to check him out. Listen to it. Yeah, man, that, that album is, is killer. You'll like it. Sweet. I'm listening to the whole thing probably. Um, so my next song I'm going to choose. I think we talked about this artist. Uh, both of us talked about this artist, but I'm going to go with Sierra Farrell. Oh, um, Hell yeah. I'm glad you did because I was going to too. Sierra Farrell, man. She just put out a little, you know, she's been putting out some music. It's finally available on Spotify. I think she wasn't on Spotify for a while. But um, she just put out, there's a song called Jeremiah that she just put out. That's like just yes. everything you want in a country song. She's this young girl, but she sounds like, she sounds like an old country soul. She's got that, 
that amazing voice. She's a great artist. Um, I, I found her on YouTube, like doing like some like just acoustic sessions or whatever. And I found her through like some like uh, folk punk channels. And so that's what kind of, it's funny how it connected the two. Um, I found her like through like the folk punk scene, but she was getting a lot of like uh, play on YouTube and stuff. And I saw her popping up everywhere and I followed her on Instagram. Um, and me and my girlfriend have both been fans of her just for a while. And so she finally put out some music on Spotify. So I'm choosing the song Jeremiah, which is a great song by Sierra Farrell. Definitely. Yeah. And, and we both, uh, were talking about, we need to give a shout out to their YouTube channel, the, uh, Western as fuck or Western AF. <laughs> um, they, they, uh, they have put me onto a bunch of cool country music. Um, I'm gonna check that out. Western AF. Yeah. Western AF. And then there's another one. Um, I don't, I don't remember what the other one is, but if you look up it, uh, so I'll, I'll, uh tie that in with my next pick which i'm gonna go with nick's shoulders uh mm -hmm. snakes and waterfalls um and that's another song uh an artist that i found out through the this weird youtube rabbit hole that the same youtube rabbit hole that i found um sierra farrell and like coulter wall and uh all of these these cool new modern uh country singers and he's he's more like a yodeler you know he and what's funny is uh it seems like sierra farrell by the way like has a, a nose a septum piercing and, an, and a face tattoo mm -hmm. she looks punk rock you know she doesn't yeah. look like your typical um uh, country gal or, Dixon, or your yeah. typical country singer yeah and and i think the same thing with nick shoulders uh i'm pretty sure i listened to an interview of him where he was like yeah i was in punk bands and then i moved to wherever he moved whether it be tennessee south carolina one of these southern states and then he started yodeling and he just found that he had a talent in it and it, his stuff is really cool um so yeah i'm gonna go nick shoulders snakes and water Snakes and Waterfalls, excuse me. Yeah, I, I found him on Instagram too, with like a video that came up on Instagram. And uh, I, I was, yeah, he was like out yodeling by his truck out in the na out in nature. And my, you know, uh, my girlfriend listens to him, turns out like already, like she had already known who he is, but uh, we were just listening to him the other day. He's, he's a cool artist for sure. And yeah, it is exciting to see like the, the punk country crossover. Um, there's something going on there where like, I think punk is helping you know, some, yeah, it's giving a more of a window to people like myself who didn't like country before. And then you can look at someone like Sierra Farrell or Nick Shoulders. Like, this seems like a cool person. I'm going to check their music out. And then they're very country, you know, bluegrass inspired. You know, this guy yodels. It's, it's, it's really cool. But that's, uh, yeah, totally, man. Like you said, it, it is just like the outlaw, like the, the, the dingy lifestyle matches up with punk. Like, uh, you know, some, some old rebel country man and, and, you know, and, and some old punk guy could definitely be friends. Right. So I think that's, that's, that's really cool, man. So Nick Shoulders, good pick. Um, all right, for my next one, I'm going to go with, there's a, there's a dude named Marty Robbins, and he just is like, he's sick, man. Marty Robbins, I'm going to choose the song Big Iron. Okay. And this is just like old Western songs. It's like, this is like from a Western movie. All his songs are just so fucking cowboy and oh, so yeah. badass and just about gunslingers. And like, it's, he always tells a tale about like, some gunslinger that. coming into town. And like, it, this song just makes me want to like, crack a whip at like a rattlesnake like it's just like it makes <laughs> yeah. you feel fucking tough listening to this shit like yeah like well, i'm on a horse spurs on your boots and everything yeah man but he's he's really good and like um but yeah he, he does movies songs for all these movies and stuff all these old western movies and stuff 
spaghetti westerns as they call them whatever um but yeah marty robbins big iron is gonna be my next one that's gonna be on there hell yeah i'm not i'm not familiar with him i'm gonna look forward to checking that out i love the uh the old like i, I don't there's an actual name for it it's like it's it's the style of country music where you're telling a tale, you know, and you're and there's an actual like name for those type of songs, and it and it's lost on me right now. But I love and Coulter Wall is really good at that too. Yeah. Um, I might bring him up later, but for now, I like this guy was the last episode of um, that Tales from the Tour Bus, and funny enough, my friend years ago amelia through line who got me started playing music um she she made this mixtape for me and this dude's got a really cool story because he's almost like um who was the van was van gogh the painter who got famous after he died i think so van gogh is the one that got his ear cut off yeah well there was some there was some i don't know man i wish i wish i was more cultured but um (laughs) basically uh this next guy his name is blaze foley and the song that I'm going to choose by Blaze Foley, and that's B-L-A-Z-E-F-O-L-E-Y, is a song called Clay Pigeons. And this dude, um, unfortunately, died before he got any real fame. But hit, this whole album, Sitting by the Road, uh, is awesome. The first song on the album is called Big Cheeseburgers and Good French Fries. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the second song on there, Clay Pigeons, is in my mind a country classic, and it's a little under the radar and um, amazing, amazing finger picking. And that's something that I just gravitated towards when I started playing guitar. So I absolutely love this song, and uh, yeah, I think it. I think it'd make a good addition to the list. Awesome, man! I'm excited to check that out. And it's, yeah, it's, it's always good to. Give an artist some shout out with you know people that didn't get recognition in their time, kind of right. sucks you know but but it's nice that his his legacy carried on. Definitely. All right, um, let's see. Um, for my next one, I'm gonna choose kind of another older type of same type of feeling of like the outlaw. Uh, I'm gonna choose a song by Stonewall Jackson, and the song is called "I Wash My Hands in Muddy Water," and the whole song is about him basically. His dad giving him all these warnings not to live this crazy life. And he goes and lives this crazy life and he kills a man. And because he didn't wash his hands and <laughs> because he, he didn't wash his hands in the muddy water like his dad told him and covered the scent, he gets caught and he gets locked up for the crime he did. And it's this whole thing. Oh, shit. But it's a, it's a great song, man. It's just, it sounds like some old timey country. And yeah, man, I, I've been driving around Arizona desert listening to these songs and they, they just fit the vibe and they fit the, they, they fit the Western feel. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. And Arizona really is a, uh, it, country music feels good. And I, even when I was younger, so growing up in Houston, I had a lot of friends and we would do country shit. Like we'd go out in the woods and try to hunt warthogs and shit, but it never resonated for me really. But um, coming to Arizona, it's just something about being out in the West in the desert where you're just like, I get this, you know? Yeah. Cause Arizona was only like officially a state like a hundred something years ago. You know what I mean? Like, so it is pretty wild, wild west still. And there's like a lot of wild oh, yeah. west history here in the antique stores where you can see like a bunch of old shit from this. Like this was used to be a passageway for gold miners and, and people like that. And it's, it's pretty cool. Hell yeah. 
All right. So my next one is uh, my buddy Adam showed me this song. Um, and this song is an instrumental, but, uh, and it's another finger picky song. It's, it's uh, by this guy named John Fahey, uh, F-A-H-U-Y. And the song is called uh, Sligo River Blues. And it is, there doesn't need to be uh, any vocals on it because he, he sings with his guitar and it paints this picture. And many nights I have um, just rode my board around down late at night coming home from my bar gig. And that is the soundtrack to my night. It just, it really just paints a picture of, solitude but there's some sort of hope at the end it's like i'm i'm all alone but i'm not kind of a feeling that i get when i listen to it and um it's it's just a great great song it's awesome i can't wait to hear it yeah sometimes they're just so good that yeah you don't need the lyrics in there the song is the music is good enough i love those kind of songs right it's great man all right, so let's see what I'm going to do. Um, for my next one, I'm going to go with, I found this artist uh, not too long ago, her name, uh, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers. Oh, I'm um, not familiar. It's a great country band, uh, but there's a song called Fuck Up, and it's just it's female-led uh, vocals, but this is just a great song, and anytime it comes on, I, you know, I feel some type of way, and it's just a, it's a good old, it's just a good country song, and it's like an instant classic. When you hear it, it'll just like be in your repertoire. And yeah, that's a good one to add. So I'm just gonna throw that in there. I don't really know much about the band, honestly, uh, but okay. but I just know the song is good and everyone's gonna like it. Hell yeah! I'm glad that we both are bringing stuff that we haven't heard because I've not heard them. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Yeah, once this is all done, too, I'll compile it all into a playlist and I'll send it your way. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So my next one is gonna be this. This next guy, he really started the. Uh, the kick for me to be like, holy shit, like what's up with this new country music? Um, it's a dude named, uh, and you may have seen, there's this infamous video um, this where he's sitting at a party. Or I'm just going to say the name of the song. It's, it's and the, the guy's Billy Strings. Okay. The song is Dust in a Baggie. And uh, the there's a tale behind this song because there was this viral video. Um, essentially, it was, I think they were at a house party and then they go upstairs and they're just in this room and it's like three three buddies just branch off from the party and you see this one dude holding a guitar and he's just leaned back all nonchalant holding this guitar and then they're like, why don't you play that new one? Why don't you play that new one? And he's like, oh, you want, you want to hear the new one? And same thing, like you could tell this dude used to be punk rocker and he busts out an insane song about how he, uh, every, his whole life got fucked up because of some dust in a baggie. It's about him doing meth and, uh, just the way he plays is like, he's, he's on 10 Adderall, bro. Like the way that he, like, he's all, it's really cool too because he's not doing any hammer-ons. He is straight down picking and his talent on the guitar and his voice and storytelling is remarkable. He's already played at Carnegie Hall and he he is and it's so funny. You watch him play and the whole audience has gray hair 
and <laughs> and he's singing about doing meth and shit and it's just it's just undeniably good country music and when you go down his little rabbit hole because it's one of those songs where you hear and it's almost so good that you don't you wouldn't want to listen to it a lot but he has depth and there's a lot there's a lot more good billy string songs out there watching that live performance is just insane he his talent is on another level he's a young guy too right yeah he's young i want to say he's probably like 24 25 it's funny my my girlfriend's mom has been has, every time we go over her house she, she's great man she's like a hippie lady she's like listens to the grateful dead and stuff we'll hang out in her backyard and she'll just be smoking weed and stuff but she'll be putting on music and she always tells us like almost every time we've been over there the past few times she's like you guys got to check out this Billy Strings, man. You got to check out this Billy Oh, really? So her mom's been trying to turn us on to Billy Strings, and I still haven't, like, dove in, dove in, but I've, I've yeah. heard what she's played, and it's been good. So I'm, I'm going yeah, to do my that, research that, more. That, yeah, that, that, one, uh, that one performance of him at Carnegie is, is worth a watch. It'll make you a fan. I think it'll make anybody a fan. I got to check that out, man. That's awesome. Billy Strings. All right, let's see. Let's, uh, we'll put a couple more songs on here. Um, I'll choose one, and then let's have you pick the last one. Um, okay. I'm going to go with uh, – there's a girl named Margot Price. Uh, the way I found her, interestingly, was like I was watching that show that um, – uh, what's it called? Parts Unknown with Anthony Bourdain. Oh, love it. And he did an episode in Nashville. And, he's, you know, he's eating hot chicken and stuff because he's a food guy. But um, he met up with this artist named Margot Price. She's like an old country artist. And she she recorded this song or this album of hers at Jack White's studio, which is Third Man Records. Yeah. Um, and they, like, press it. But the whole episode was about, like, her recording this song at his studio. And it was just an interesting story. And it got me into this artist. And um, so I'm going to choose Margot Price. And the song I'm going to choose is uh, Hurtin' on the Bottle. Yeah. She, she's just one of those girls again that she's a young artist too that just has a really old sound and she sounds like she's been you would think it's some country from like the 30s or 40s you know she's like she sounds like a loretta lynn type of like an old soul and country awesome yeah i'm looking for anything dude parts unknown has put me onto so much cool shit i love <laughs> yeah Anthony. i know love man. that's a piece man r.i.p dude r.i.p um all right so i will close it out with i mentioned his name earlier and i could go i could go older and i implore people to go listen to old outlaw country but i want to put some shine on the people who are doing it now and i mentioned his name earlier coulter wall and i'm going to do the seventh song off his album imaginary appalachia um the song is called the devil wears a suit and tie and um he in this all most all of his songs they're telling a story about some character that um that just you know is is living that outlaw lifestyle and coulter wall you gotta go you gotta listen to his music because it's amazing but also watch him live because to hear the voice that this guy has and then to uh to, to see the face that's that's making that noise is is insane um he's just this kind of like tiny blonde haired dude and he's got i want like he sounds the closest that i've ever heard to johnny cash but even a deeper voice 
and the pictures that he paints with his songs are amazing. Um, and it's crazy because he just put out a new album called Western Swing and Waltzes. And on that album, he sounds completely different. He sounds like <laughs> Waylon Jennings. So you can tell that he just has a an absolute, uh, like, a confident grasp on what country music is. And like I said, I just, I think that these, these newer cats like Sierra Farrell, the Nick Shoulders, Coulter Wall, Billy Strings, like they need, they need the shine. And, and I think that um, we're doing a good service by putting people onto this new country because it is, it's bad. It's just badass, man. It's, it's cool. It's great music to listen to in the shower when you're starting your day, you're just like yeah. fucking, Hey dude, if I had a gun right now, yeah. like, Rest yeah, your gun yeah. on the little, like the thing in the shower so it won't get wet. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, dude. So, I, I, I definitely agree, man. I think in any genre of music you listen to, like, don't stop digging. Don't stop finding new things because, so, you know, sometimes we find artists that excite us. We find all these artists that we're, we're in love with and we just kind of just stop there and we just listen to what we like. But I think it's sometimes it's good to like dig back in, man. Put your heels back in. There's the, this, this generation and this just, it keeps making good music whatever you like punk country every anything keep looking for new stuff because you're going to find your next favorite thing and yeah and, and these artists do deserve recognition because they're they're carrying on a genre they're carrying on an entire oh yeah awesome you know in, in a great way so hell yeah i i really hope that people don't open the playlist and see save a horse ride a cowboy and be like oh what the fuck <laughs> hey, <laughs> man, there are a- some dope songs on here but i'm glad that we had that that one silly one but I think we got a good play. I think we got a good playlist here, man. It sounds fantastic, and I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, it, maybe the guy that likes Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy, he's gonna go, hell yeah! He's gonna open the playlist up. He's gonna be excited, and he's gonna let it play. He's gonna he's gonna discover a bunch of new artists, and he's gonna be hell thankful yeah, that Chris Hopefully. Banks and Ruben, uh, two uh, you know, country um, unlike uh, not unlikables, unlikelies. Yeah. Uh, right. have showed him some new country that he can yeah enjoy. if you were to line us up um in a police lineup and be like pick out the country singers i don't think they would choose us um, they, they pick you before me for sure but i'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be like the last pick on the volleyball team i don't know dude i have this fucking cherry earring and they'd see me and be like i don't know dude <laughs> but he's like a yeah, tame, tame impala type of character yeah but uh it's it's just a jacket man it's just yeah. a jacket and that's all my dad <laughs> like big band shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm but, excited to hear this dude I'm i just for... want to say uh that... what's up oh sorry i said sorry, yeah i'm excited for people to hear this and i'm excited for everyone yeah out there to hear it i just want to say that you uh that this is an amazing idea bro and like i'm super i was super happy to do this i don't really uh think that i'm really good on podcasts but i fit i thought that this would be fun because it's centered around music i think i told you that already and like I have personally, I think you should hear this, talk to multiple people in the comedy scene about your podcast. And like, everybody wants to do it, man. Everybody wants to do it. And I think that you're, you have a really good idea. And I've had an absolute blast doing this, man. This was a lot of fun. And thank you so much for having me on, bro. Dude, I appreciate that a lot. And you are great on podcasts because this was a great episode. And you should do more podcasts, Chris, because I think you are a great mind. And you have an awesome uh, uh, perspective on things. So thank you, bro. I, I appreciate, appreciate that, that, man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you, Chris? 
Okay, so um, I'm on Instagram at Chris Banks, uh, but it the A is a V. <laughs> Somebody took at Chris Banks, so I did the the fucking Gen Z thing, and I changed the A to a V. So it's at C H R I S B V as in Victor N K S. But if you just type in Chris Banks and you're in the Phoenix scene, you'll probably see my name. Um, that's where I post most of my stuff. I don't use um, I don't use Snapchat or Twitter, but also I do want to give a shout out to uh, my boy Dustin Hadlock. We make YouTube videos, uh, comedy sketches. So look up Dustin Hadlock on YouTube. That's where we're posting our videos. I also post uh, sketches and stuff on my Instagram. But uh, yeah, you can also add me on Facebook. Um, that's that's I mainly use Instagram though. So yeah, at Chris Banks and then. Uh, that's 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 pretty much all I got to plug. Other than our show, come see our show on the yeah. 16th. Everyone come out to yeah House of Comedy December sixteenth. It's gonna go down. Me and Chris Banks come say what's up to us. Come see some comedy. Uh, oh, yeah. It'll be it'll be a great time, man. I'm excited to meet I'm gonna come see you on the third too. I'm gonna I'm doing uh, Lexi Charday's show. I think the day before or after uh, our Ready or Not show. And I'm going to come out on the 3rd to see you. I saw that you're doing that. Yeah, the my Boba Tea Place, man. Bright's gonna be, my buddy Daniel's going to be on there. And I'm going to – I have Thursdays off, so I'm going to try to make it out there. Oh, I'll, be, I'll be excited for that, man. That'd be cool. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you, dude. You too, man. And everybody, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to Playlist with People. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode.